6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Canada's debt now at over $1 trillion for the first time ever. $354 billion deficit for the pandemic year that was just over. An expected deficit of $155 billion for fiscal 2021 22. Michael Campbell is the host of Money Talks on the Chorus Radio Network. He joins us this afternoon. Michael, uh, you know, this is like drinking water through a fire hose. Your thoughts on what you've seen so far? Well, the first thing I'd say is I think the numbers are so big, we're just numb to them now. Yeah. You know, we've been just inundated with numbers over the last year, especially though. And I don't think people make a distinction. You know, $355 billion deficit, $255 billion, Like no one cares. Like I really think it's numbed. Secondly, and this is a point I don't think, Jalen, we're going to hear from very many people. And that is, so they can announce $17 million you know, to boost green technologies, et cetera. Mm. They can announce $101 billion over three years, so-called sort of stimulus spending. Why would anyone think that money's going to be spent effectively? We literally have no evidence of that. You read the most recent Auditor General's reports uh, coming out of February and March, and it's incredibly distressing. I mean, uh, a plan called uh, the $182 billion Investing in Canada plan, the, the new... Uh, Auditor General Mm. Karen Hogan says the absence of clear and complete reporting on the investing in Canada plan makes it (laughs) difficult for parliamentarians and Canadians to know whether progress has been made against the intended objectives. I'm telling you that literally that sentiment has literally been repeated every Auditor General's report for well over 20 years. And so I I really think that's something we just cannot overlook and not just become stenographers for whatever Mm. the government said they're going to do. They're going to do this and create these jobs and that jobs and this. We have absolutely no evidence to suggest that that will be spent effectively. I'll give you one more quick one because innovation is such a popular word. You know, we throw it around, uh, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, innovation supercluster fund. That was just a couple of years ago, 2018, I think it was. You know, they're you know, going to create 50,000 new jobs. Well, the parliamentary budget officer estimates that it might be 4,000 jobs, not 50, mm. four. Mm. You know, and again, in quotes from him, this program has been ineffective in building national prosperity for all Canadians and has not lived up to the stated expectations of government, period. I'm just saying, before we get into some of the aspects of it, I think the first thing, the overlay, and until people are outraged, and including in the media, and said, and sort of start with this, oh, wait a second, why should we believe you're going to spend it effectively? <laughs> you know, I've looked at every Auditor General's report for well over 25 years, but it's incredible. I didn't need to because they all say the same mm. stuff. Mm. And, and that's just something, uh, as I say, I'm not going to be a stenographer for the government, uh, any government, by the way, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't care which one, but, uh, you know, Canadians, I think, or my tax dollars, at least I can't speak for other people, but I think I work hard enough for my money. And when I send in the tax dollars, I deserve to have it spent effectively. That's not even on the agenda. Now, let's go on to the budget. If you like. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you, you have said that, um, you know, I was listening to and, you know, reading your, your work, listening to your work. You said, you know, borrowing money isn't the problem. It's what you spend it on. And yeah. you went on to say the only way to make record borrowing sustainable is to directly spend it on things that will make our economy productive. Do you see any of that in this budget? No, I thought what 
what was interesting is there's a lot more about what governments are going to spend money on than how are we going to attract capital? And that has been the number one problem, whether you're talking about Alberta, and we've seen a huge exodus out of Alberta, you know, because of the oil patch, and we can, you know, have a big debate about why that is, but certainly pipeline capacity, certainly, uh, you know, massive opposition to pipelines have made the risk greater than the reward, so Mm -hmm. you have people leave. That's a problem across the country. In 2019, $804 billion more dollars left Canada than came in. That's Canadians saying, you know what? I'm out. I can see a better opportunity. I didn't see any... Now, I'm happy they did not increase capital gains taxes, for example. Mm. I'm happy about that. Uh, They did not introduce a wealth tax. That would be a disaster at this point. And so good for them. They did not do that. But I also didn't see anything that said uh, to somebody with investment capital, we're the place to be. We just have no ambition, it seems to me, in that way. Uh, we have to win that competition for capital. There's no there's no uh, choice. It's sort of like a radio station. Well, they're in a competition for advertising mm-hmm. dollars. They better win it. <laughs> if you're in a bakery and you're selling the best bread in town, well, you got to win that competition. And I have been noticing, and or at least, uh, you know, it's been around for ages, but when do we ever say we want to lead in this? Well, Besides virtue signaling and smugness, uh-huh. where, where do we say we want to lead? And this is really important because every economy suffered during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that. So every com- country is going to be looking at how do I revitalize my economy? Well, it's going to be from private investment. It's going to be from attracting that capital and the jobs that get created. I don't, I don't know how even the most ideological can't, uh, you know, driven people can't see that. I My, mean, Michael, you have, we have every conversation that we've had over the past year, you have, you have pounded away at, at the, at the need to attract capital. Mm-hmm. You have said that this is going to be a key thing. Why is this something that government seems to be shying away from you? You have suggested that it's controversial in some political circles. Why is that? I, 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 I agree with you. That's the question. Why isn't it a priority? And that's what, how I would put it. Why isn't this a priority, whether I'm a Green Party member, an NDP member, a conservative or a liberal or a bloc, you know, to their particular jurisdiction? And I, I don't know. I think there's a few things that come into mind. We elect very few people with any kind of uh, economic sophistication and certainly not, no financial. I mean, there's one or two people. Literally, that's it. And I don't think it's an interest either. I, I don't. I don't see that economics and finance is an interest. And then, furthermore, how do you virtue signal about that? I mean, mm. so much of politics today is what the grandstanding kind of uh, announcements we can make to look good, to sound good. That's why, as I mentioned just a few moments ago, when you say infrastructure, I mean everybody drops to their knees and bows. You know, <laughs> look at the uh, look at the Biden infrastructure plan, man. That included just about everything. Uh, well, let's give candy to children. Well, that's an investment in our children in the country, and let's have infrastructure. You know, it just never goes all, all wrong. So I think it it just doesn't play. And I, I I mean I notice this. I mean I wonder how many people are really interested in this budget now that we may be pandemic. Uh, focus for sure. And that's good reason when you see the numbers out of Ontario and BC, for example. But um, it's just interesting. I just don't think it sells. Uh, Maybe because we don't understand it well enough. I have heard, uh, you know, fiscal anchor, having an anchor. um, I've heard that over and over and over again. For those who don't know what that is, Michael, maybe you could share, you know, explain what that is. And number two, have you, I, I don't see anything here. Do you? Well, number one thing is that what we used to have is saying, okay, what is our, first it was when we come in, we're going to limit our debt and we're only going to have deficits of $10 billion. And then that was sort of blown away in the first year. So then it became, 
okay, but we're more interested in what the debt compared to our overall economy is. What is our debt compared to GDP? Mm-hmm. Well, that got blown out of the water during the plant pandemic. I mean, you know, sort of 30% numbers, 35% numbers into 55% numbers, you know. So that was no longer, I mean, if that was sort of our measure of when we have enough debt or too much debt, well, that was blown out. So economists have been saying, well, what is your number? You seem to be spending every single week here. You seem to have another announcement and there doesn't seem to be any kind of context for when is enough enough or when is too much. Mm. That's what the fiscal anchor would tell them. So right now, for example, they're projecting, their forecast for this year is that the size of the federal debt compared to the size of the economy will be about 51.2%. And very slow decline, by the way. I was sort of surprised at this part, going out to 2025-26, you know, so you're talking over four years, it only dips down just under 50% to 49%. But what that's, you know, the economists and, and because the financial markets are saying, wait a second, if I buy your bond, and you just keep borrowing forever. Mm. Maybe my bond's not that secure. Mm-hmm. Maybe a problem will happen. So that's what they were really addressing. Is this, you know, I mean, as we know, this time last year, we were getting treated literally to a daily press conference yeah. from the prime minister with yet another announcement. And, uh, you know, sort of open-ended uh, announcements because, they, and fair enough, they did not know how much uh, the CERB would cost and they didn't know how much the rent subsidy would cost, all of those things. But that started to scare people because we knew the numbers were really adding up. Like we knew we were sort of, wasn't that 50 billion yesterday? Yeah. Wasn't that 12 billion today? Then we didn't get a fiscal update till July and that didn't give us enough information. <sighs> November's didn't. And so they've really been clamoring for, tell me when this period's over. When is enough enough? I think it is interesting to see some of the um, the, the pandemic recovery uh, plans, like some of the the, the, uh, the the help for small business and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There are some end dates put in there. Like it's not, it, you, they did put, okay, you know, come by September, this is going to be tapered off, this is going to be done. And right. I think that is important. I think that is important because I think there's a lot of people who are just wondering, well, how, how long is this going to go on for? Some would say it needs to go on for as long as people are suffering, but others are saying, you know, we do need to have an end in sight on that. Here's another question for you, Michael, and I've heard some people say today that there's no need to spend a whole boatload of money right now because the belief is is that a lot of Canadians, not all of them obviously, are sitting on a, a whole bunch of cash that they've been managing to save over the past year. Again, I know that's not everybody, but that when things open up again, that that cash will go towards helping that recovery. Your thoughts on that front? About three things. Uh, first of all, yeah, it's. I, I don't think you'd find anybody who understands economics now not saying, and, and would have been saying it for several months, this needs to be targeted. You know, whatever you spend needs to be targeted on exactly the people you just alluded to. Maybe the hotel industry, maybe, yeah. the, uh, you know, people in, uh, in uh, recreation, maybe live events. You know, there's certain businesses. The other one, they are extending sort of the help for small business. That is not a stimulus plan. Mm-hmm. That is simply let us get you through the pandemic. Yes. So it's a little bit different uh, in spending. And uh, then finally, yes, the big thing in economics now is, come on, we got $140 billion estimated in consumer spending. As soon as the restrictions are going to get lifted, we've had every sign that people are going, let's go. <laughs> and so, for example, uh, Doug Porter, who's very well-known BMO economist, mm-hmm. and Michael Gregory there, in quotes, it's unwise to jumpstart an economy that doesn't need a further boost. Mm. And I think that's the, I mean, 
I would love to get into a bet with somebody who doesn't think the economy is going to explode, including their own document. One of the things I looked for today was what do they think the economy is going to do this year? Well, they said 5.8%, which is about a percent higher than they said in November. So they're acknowledging that the economy is going to recover. The, the, you know, on the other side, just very quickly, in, in, where is it going to recover? Well, we have the good side, uh, you know, when we buy stuff. I don't see that recovering much because we never stop. My gosh, uh-huh. we set records every five minutes, you know, when we went online and shopped. So it's going to be in the service sector. Yeah. That's where the recovery is going to come. And I don't think they need to do anything to boost it because I can tell you right now, personally, I'll be booking airline tickets when it looks like it's fine too. <laughs> you know, where, where's my vacation coming from or wherever it is in Canada, of course, you know, this summer. But I think I'm typical. People are dying. I, I'd love to go to a, a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I don't think they need much help. And I think that's what uh, Doug Porter's referring to. You know, we don't need to uh, try and jumpstart an economy that's got the engine already running. And as soon as the restrictions are relieved, I think you'll see it go big time. Before I let you go, uh, and uh, because I'm almost out of time and I'm sure you have a busy day, Michael, um, I'm going to get you to look in your crystal ball again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people are wondering what, what our country, what, what our finances, what does this look like a year from now, five years from now? The, the key is going to be interest rates. The five-year one is what worries me. We've had upward pressure in interest rates on the short term. It's a huge debate in the economic and financial circles is what is inflation going to do? Uh. It, and it's quite a complicated debate, but it's not. Uh, I know a lot of people think when you sort of print up this much money, automatic inflation. No, I, I've said from the beginning, and I think it looks pretty good right now when you look at the lumber market, the problem yeah. with uh, resources is going to be there was no increase in supply. So as soon as demand hits, press or you get higher prices. I said that about oil. I considered it, con- continue to think oil going actually much higher over the next three to four years. Same problem. Nobody did any capital investment to increase supply. Hmm. Demand comes along, presto, prices go up. So... Uh, that's big. So the big key is what are interest rates going to do? That's a huge debate. They have risen, obviously, since, since the low significantly, I think. But it's where do we go from here? And I can tell you, you can grab 25 people in that business and I can get 12 <laughs> and 12 feeling very strongly about it. But that's why I watch. That's what I'll watch is what will the interest rates be in about six months time after the initial explosion yeah. in economic activity? What happens after that? Michael Campbell, yeah. always great to talk with you. Thanks for making time for us this afternoon. Absolutely my pleasure. And I will take a breath. <laughs>